If you are part of it, you also gain when the company gains and you lose when the company loses. So you give your best, so the company never loses. Welcome to Outsides In, Tech, Talks and Technium. Your regular dose of refreshing interviews, unusual talks and daring topics. Hook up your earphones for Outsides In. And together with Tosca and our special guest, we will host this episode of the Outsides In podcast. And since this podcast is one big experiment, this time we introduce to you the Outsides In book club. We will discuss a book that has been a great source of inspiration for one of our colleagues and also changed the way she works and thinks. So let's start by introducing our special guest, Andrea. Welcome. Ah, yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, who are you and where are you from? Yes, I'm Andrea. I'm from Portugal. Uh, and I'm at KPN for almost three years. Time flies. And what do you do? Um, I work at uh, BIOS Customer Journey Team. So, I'm part of uh, the business intelligence part uh, at Data Office. And well, I take data, I work with it, and then we generate reports for the stakeholders to give them insights about uh, our products and uh, our performance, etc. Cool. Well, nice to meet you. Uh, which book are we going to discuss? Uh, thank you. We are going to discuss Maverick. Uh, it's a book from Ricardo Semler, a Brazilian guy. Yeah. And like the subtitle says, the success story behind the world's most unusual workplace. So and do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, indeed. <laughs> yeah, how did you come to know about this book? Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, so, um, I did my PSM1 exam, the Scrum Master exam. Um, and uh, I was already quite interesting with the uh, Scrum Master and Scrum uh, in general. Um, and my husband, after I finished the exam, he told me, okay, I have a super good book for you because you are really full of these amazing ideas and you have this way, uh, you just studied how it, how it can work, but now let me show you another way of working that it's not exactly Scrum, it's not Scrum at all, but it's, it also helps the company and helps the workers feels, uh, feel much better um, while they work. Uh, so yeah, that's how uh, I started to read it. Uh, my husband gave it to me. So you recently uh, read the book? Mm -hmm. I finished it, I think, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, maximum. And uh, what did you learn? <laughs> I, I, I learned a lot. <laughs> um, I actually um, got uh, challenged with the idea that actually companies, the way they work uh, is not always the best for their employees. And that actually we don't challenge enough uh, as, as employees and, and even top management doesn't challenge enough the way of working. So we've been working with these pyramids uh, and authoritarian uh, kind of, so top-down decisions um, for for hundreds of years now. Yeah, not only for hundreds of years, but I think most companies work like this. Uh, Indeed. 
yeah, what was different with this company in this book? Uh, so what happens in, in what, what the book is about, and Ricardo is uh, the CEO from this company. Uh, the company calls, uh, is called Semco, a Brazilian one. Is a centri- it was a centrifuge uh, manufacturer, and it was founded in 55 by his father. Um, but then it, Ricardo started to work with his father, and he started to notice that there were a lot of bureaucracy and um, the company top management was not thinking uh, how to change the numbers. They were quite comfortable. The company was actually going down, but they weren't prepared to be challenged and to change how they were doing stuff. So actually, um, Ricardo had tons of discussions with his father. They had very different styles of management. So his father, an, a conservative person, so much more authoritarian, uh, hierarchy all the time, bureaucracy, a lot of it. And then Ricardo challenged all of this. Um, as his father didn't quite agree with his ideas, um, the fun thing was when Ricardo threatened to leave the company, his father just uh, said, okay, I'm going out. Uh, so, so actually, um, his father resigned and vested majority ownership uh, in his son. So he stayed. <laughs> That's quite a, a turnaround. <laughs> indeed, indeed, it's it's quite different from what you expect. And one of the most, uh, I don't know, significant things that stayed in my mind is that so Ricardo. T- Before going as a CEO, he had all these meetings with the top management. And he suggested different approaches, including diversifying the portfolio of the company. Um, But they didn't want to go with him. And after his father resigned, um, he understood that, well, everyone was quite loyal to his father. And they wouldn't also change mind like that. So what he did, um, he fired 60% of the top management First day that he worked at 6 p.m. No. <laughs> yeah, by six, I'm, wow. I mean, by 6 p.m., 60% of top management was fired. So, yeah, quite, quite a difference. <laughs> wow. And, and what happened then? So, he, the first day at his new job, he's, uh, he's now CEO of the company, I guess. Yeah. And he fired half of his staff. Yeah, half of, of of the managers. Yeah, yeah, indeed, more than half. Because, well, he realized that he could, he could not change. You cannot force people to change. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier if you start to implement to uh, surround yourself um, by people that have quite the same ideas, and yeah. with that you can really build a different uh, way of working. If you force it, if you try to force it, well, it won't work. But they say sometimes they say it's important to have people around you who doesn't who don't all agree with you. But you say Indeed. it's it's really important to have the same ideas. Um, at a certain level, I completely agree that you should be challenged, and the ego is true with it during the book. Um, the thing is to start with. Uh, it was quite difficult if he kept the same persons that were always um, preventing him from um, improving the company. So, yeah. So, and what happened then? <laughs> uh, then he started to, to 
uh, revolutionized the way the company worked. Um, so he, he started to question everything, like uh, why do we have a security checkpoint, for instance? Uh, so you have uh, this factory and the employees, the workers that are in the factory, they have a checkpoint, security checkpoint. Um, and the question, but why? Why should we have a security checkpoint? This doesn't make sense. And they explained to him, okay, it makes sense because people go out, so we are sure that people don't take uh, don't take anything from the factory that they shouldn't have. Um, but then what I thought was, why are we controlling employees this way? Um, because you are employing those people. So by definition, you should trust them. You should not treat them like they did already something wrong. So why put everyone um, in a controlled state um, if what what is going to happen? Like one person will steal something, two persons. He actually stated that it's quite minimal, the things that can happen if you don't yeah. have a security checkpoint. So so it, it came up with these ideas to bring up freedom and uh, more autonomy to the workers. Do you think that in general uh, employees are um, not much trusted by the companies? A bit, yes. I think the ideas of the employees and the way that people like to work or um, the yeah, indeed the trusting, uh, it doesn't happen that often. Um, a lot of companies work uh, based on the fact that uh, bosses know the others must do what they are told, uh, like they are told, uh, not in another way. It's like we are treated like childs. <laughs> yeah, do you? Yeah, okay. So I think we like to believe uh, that at KPN uh, we work autonomous, but you don't agree. KPN is actually one of the companies that I've been in that gives more autonomy to the um, to the employees, uh, to us. Uh, yeah. So we are quite able to make our own decisions. Uh, but for instance, as I just told you, I cannot work from abroad, even if that yeah. doesn't impact my 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 performance, or it even it might even make it better. Yeah, for the people who are listening now, Andrea just told us uh, we were uh, before uh, uh, well recording the podcast. We were talking about, of course, COVID, and then she said, "I'm from Portugal, but I'm not allowed to go to Portugal now uh, because I have to work from my home in the Netherlands." Right? Yeah. Yeah, indeed. They and don't allow us. Autonomy is. Uh, you believe the autonomous decision is if it doesn't work affect my work, then I should work from everywhere. Um, I would say that regarding autonomy and um, and self consciousness, I think each one of us know how we work best. Mm -hmm. What what are mm -hmm. the best tools, the best environment that you that you can have to be top performance, and. If I'm working at a company and I feel that the company trusts trusts me and gives me enough autonomy, then I will make those decisions and I will actually be performing better than I would yeah. be with the guidelines that the company gives. Yeah, I totally agree. 
Yeah, I think we all agree. But um, the problem or the challenge here is that perhaps the general feeling is that if you give too much autonomy, too much freedom, people will not work or will not deliver or... Um, well, we can think of multiple things here. Um, how to solve this? Is there a big decision needed? Like you first started with like desperate diseases need desperate re remedies. So if you have to fire half of it, do it. Or what to do here? Mm, I think I, I think actually the book answers to that kind of answers. Like how can you transform a company like that? Don't mm -hmm. forget that we started with all the workers used to this style of management, the traditional one, and they eventually started to onboard on the new style of management. And what really gives them, um, what really empowered them, uh, was that the decisions taken by Ricardo was were not only by him. He started to really share uh, the decisions and de delegate. And he believes that people uh, should decide by themselves. So for instance, if they have a person that they see is not working or that is not performing or uh, like, you or for instance, that is stealing something, then people will actually come forwards and will mention this and they will decide by themselves. That's the trust that he's giving uh, to his employees. And it's a big leap. I can, I can see it. Um, but for instance, in, 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 in this company, people set their own salaries and everyone knows each other's salary. So it kind of works. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it, it's a lot indeed, because uh, um, I, I still think about the, the idea how to actually do it besides doing it. Because it asks a lot of, um, for example, the management or maybe even the CEO of the company, especially maybe the CEO, to come Absolutely. forward with this, because then everybody in the company feels like they have backup for, for this new big, style. And how big is that company? Uh, wait, I don't remember the number, but they were quite small. Uh, but, mm -hmm. they, they grew up to 3000, I think, in the 2000 uh, years. Yeah, but big, big enough to... Well, it's quite big. It's not small. Yeah. It's not like yeah. five or ten per. No, no, not at all. It, and no. it grew a lot because with all these changes, the company actually started to perform much better. Um, because people feel that they are part of the company. They are part of the decision. So um, they are the ones setting their own goals, like production-wise. They say, okay, this month we are going to do this amount of machines. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this comes also back. This is this is also coming back in Scrum, of course. So the product owner asks uh, what or the, he or she or the business needs, and a team comes forward with this is what we can deliver in a sprint. Indeed. Uh, for somehow you see that that the, the team is over asked by product owner or business each and every time. Um, so, so how did they solve it in, in Semco? Because we are trying to do this as well within Technium or within Data Office. Yeah. 
um, I think it's give voice to the employees. Um, what you realize is midway is that, for instance, the company is growing too much. So what happens is that all the bureaucracy, all the decisions uh, start to take much longer and people start to feel less connected to the, to the company, which is normal. Big company, you don't know everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they decided to split. So they duplicated everything. So if they have a factory to a part to produce a certain part or like dishwashers or um, whatever, they would do it in a way that maximum would be um, 150 people. Uh, oh, China, okay. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. So that way everyone knows each other by name. And then you yeah, have representatives. Made yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a community and you feel like you're, it's part of your life. Yeah. So okay. So the solution to uh, well, I think 150 people is the maximum you can have in a community. Uh, then you know everyone uh, more or less, and then uh, so that works. And I think we tried to do that at Technium as well when we started uh, the Holons. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Tosca, but um, this is something we believe in as well. But turning if you if you keep growing as a company it's quite hard of course so they their solution was to just divide the teams yeah yeah indeed would um, it work for kpn or how would that work <laughs> i think so eventually yes um, if if you, I was in Technio and I remember that in Technio I would know almost everyone, so yeah, it works. <laughs> and Technio actually, like you mentioned, is quite autonomous. It makes their own decisions. Even of course, we have top guidelines. Um, that's the way the company works. But it's it try it tries to be challenging and uh, to do something different and do it in a way that uh, we feel satisfied how we work. Yeah. Yeah, within these top guidelines, it's yeah. indeed okay. And indeed. okay, so then the uh, they created like two companies when they grow. Several, uh, so, yeah, <laughs> several, yeah, several by now. Uh, and what happened then? Uh, then actually, <laughs> what they realized is that at this point, um, they were already um, having people that were m- multi-skilled. Yeah. Yeah, multi-skilled, um, because they also um, want people to rotate jobs. They think it's important for people to um, try others' function if they want to. Uh, also, that helps with not getting bored <laughs> a lot <laughs> and also understanding other uh, people's perspective. Uh, because you can imagine if you have a manager uh, on top of you asking for something, if you've never been a manager, you don't know exactly why that person is being that pushy. And you can al- and if you have been a manager, you can al- always give feedback saying, okay, um, this actually doesn't feel good on this side. Why don't we work other way? So we, both of us are satisfied in the end. Uh, so a lot of people, uh, in when they sp- started to split, were, mul- were multi-skilled. So they could actually fill functions in a different way. So they didn't need to um, increase workforce or um, increase people, which w- is quite weird because if you duplicate stuff, you kind of have the feeling that you have to duplicate to have more people because <laughs> yeah. where you had a manager, now you need to have two or three. 
but no that also came like naturally from people so it's not only rotating in skills but also on uh, management or not management roles quite interesting yeah yeah in a way um, they actually banned the the, the all the management hierarchy. roles i guess yeah kind of <laughs> kind of they 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 did um a circle approach so they have three circles now okay. concentric you have like the consulars that are, is like the very close to the ceo uh, then you have the partners uh, that are um, like uh, some Semco business unit leaders, kind of. And then yeah. you have mm-hmm. the, the the big circle of coordinators and associates. So after this layer, you absolutely have no difference uh, between being a coordinator, being an associate, and virtually everyone is uh, an associate. And this book is quite old already, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Uh, I don't remember. The company was 1950s, you said? 1950s, and it took over in the 80s. And this really? book is and from 93. Exactly, 93. And, but how is this company doing now? Do you know that? Uh, from what I read, it's doing quite uh, fine. Um, actually, I had some numbers for 2003. I didn't have for now. Uh, because he presented, the, I read in couple in some places, but I know that uh, when he took over, uh, the company revenue was worth was uh, four million US dollars, mm-hmm. and it had actually an annual growth rate uh, up to forty percent a year, and in two thousand and three, the revenue was two hundred and twelve million US dollars. <laughs> wow, that's quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, and you um, even had in the between um, a phase in Brazil where most of companies went bankrupt uh, in the 90s. Uh, but uh, Semco just drove um, yeah. by, by actually by people's decision because they sh- at this point they are already sharing like all the salaries, all the budgets, all the everything that is to be shared about a company uh, profits and losses are being shared uh, is being shared with the, the employees and they even give classes to employees to understand what they are reading which is yeah. quite a thing um, so people gather together they 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 had meetings referring to these uh, cuts to this uh, this crisis and it was the workers that decided to cut their wages um, what they did is they increased the share of profits. Uh, mm-hmm. So, of course, if the company is losing, you will not get an extra. But yeah. if the company is winning, you'll get even more. Um, they cut management salaries by 40%. And um, all employees were given the right to approve every item of expenditure. So they decided their own expenses. And they decided how the factory, for instance, would work. So we need to buy this, this, and that, and they decide the best options for the company because they are part of it. Well, that sounds really amazing. Is there, yeah, is there in the book anything about, for example, you say everybody can approve or cannot approve something on expenses, for example? Is there a process written if somebody not approves something? Because, for example, most of the people can 
be uh, supportive about this, but maybe some people are not, or one is not. Is there anything written in that book how to approach these kind of things? Yeah. You mean the, the expenses approval? Well, not, not only the expenses, but the approval itself. So yeah, what I decision making, that, I guess. Yeah, they kind of don't have all. it. It's a democracy. <laughs> yeah, but it, oh, so it's democracy in the in sense of uh, the most people uh, will decide. Yes, but when you talk about most people in this company, it's really about all the people. I mean, it comes from the bottom layer until the top. So, but it, what if one doesn't want something? Well, it's a democracy. Okay, so then <laughs> yeah. most people need. Yeah, yeah exactly, okay. most people. Uh, yeah. The only thing that is different, I think, from other companies is that they really include everyone, um, not only top okay. players. But even if you... If you, um, if you, yeah, if you feel like you're a part of this company, you're proud to be part of this company. I think you can't agree on everything, right? Indeed, uh, no, and which is fine. They, indeed, yeah. yeah, it's good. Right. And um, but what did you learn from this book that you apply in your day-to-day -day job? Challenging stuff. Like asking so why, I, why do we everything. do exactly question everything? I, I think it's it's a way of working that also comes with Scrum, of course. You also start to question certain things, but um, the book really gave me a, a vision that I didn't have before. Like how can this work? I think we are so used that companies work in a certain way that we stop challenging yeah. mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah I, yeah, I like the fact that they give autonomy and responsibility to, to people. It comes together indeed. If it, were, if it is to work, yeah, it has to come together. Yeah, yeah it has to come together. Yeah. So but what would be the first thing for KPN uh, to change? If you look to the, the Semler or Semco um, example and the working mm. within KPN. Ooh, that's a that's a tough question. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be easy. <laughs> true, true. Um, maybe yeah, actually start to listen to everyone. Why not? Re really listen. Yeah, yeah, really listen. Not, not, only... not hearing it, but listening. <laughs> not only the thing that they say. Oh, I yeah, hear yeah. you. I hear you, but <laughs> not now. <laughs> that doesn't suit my plans. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I actually feel the difference. If you feel um, listened to, you feel you are part of it. And if you are part of it, you also gain when the company gains and you lose when the company loses. So you give your best. So the company never loses. Okay, so listen, question everything, and uh, trust your colleagues. Yes, um, they, for instance, have a system of evaluation um, for all the sites. Um, they, they have like every six months, um, people will evaluate people on top of them, like leaders, boss, whatever you want to call it. Um, so and and those number those numbers are looked up, and the, the, you really analyze those numbers. And if people get a certain grade, you start to see that they are actually not matching um, how the company works. 
and and the questions they have it in his book in his book and, and sometimes the questions are just um, does this person is, is this person very restrictive um, does this person takes uh, feedback in a good way stuff like this that will really go to the soft skills not not the hard skills not the hard skills yeah so so yeah you you actually need to trust your colleagues and to behave in a way that you believe it's gonna guarantee you uh, some security in in the company okay really clear and um so do you think everyone should read this book yes absolutely I think it's a game changer. Yeah, in particular, who should start reading it now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't CEO? have to answer. <laughs> oh. You already gave answer. <laughs> oh, send an anom anonymous uh, book to, to the CEO. Exactly. I will get the, the addresses and start to send this book. <laughs> um. Have fun. Okay, so everyone within KPN, uh, or not within KPN, but should read this book. Uh, it really, I think it really changed your perspective, right? On companies and how companies work. Yeah, yeah. There is a better way to do it. <laughs> we All have right. uh, one book giveaway, so... Exactly. So we're going to give uh, away one book from this, uh, from Maverick. And, nice. um, but what uh, should people do to earn this book? To the people who are listening now. You're really challenging, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you can you can think about it. Okay, and I will then, think uh, about it. Then we'll uh, we'll get uh, go uh, come back to that later. I think it's a really clear story, very inspiring. Um, do you have anything to add? Anything you want to mention, or Tosca? Anything you like to ask? I have another thousand questions, but uh, I would definitely read this book uh, after listening to you. And uh, some key takeaways uh, for me, it's clear I really want to read this book. Oh, please come back to me after you, you read it. Sure. Let's, let's discuss this <laughs> Absolutely. afterwards. Absolutely. <laughs> um, no, I have, uh, no, I remember something that uh, actually is a good idea also, um, is that they have like thinkers. So you have groups of people that have nothing on their job description. They are just yeah. there to think about innovative innovation and uh, how. Are to you talking stuff. about Esther? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to have this job. What are you doing? No, just thinking. Where exactly. Are you thinking on the beach. <laughs> if you think better on the beach, please do. <laughs> I think best from the beach in Portugal with a nice uh, cocktail. That's yeah. That's when I do my thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. I hope I I get uh, some thinking like that. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, uh, so the, those group of group of people are they don't have a job title. They just think about how they can improve the company yeah they are part of a of a team they call it the nucleus of technological innovation uh, wow they just think they they have they kind of have to report results uh, to the partners partners by the the definition of SEMCO um, and then that that is it and then yeah they discuss if they should continue doing that if they should change whatever All so right. yeah 
Wow. We're going Where can to read we apply? The book. Yeah. <laughs> In Brazil, Tosca. <laughs> Sounds It's even better. Be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds really good. And I think we're going to read the, this book. Uh, we're going to give away one of the books. Um, how you can uh, apply for the book, uh, we'll let you know. And then I want to thank you, Andrea, for, uh, for joining the podcast, uh, telling us about uh, well, this inspiring story. And um, yeah, well, thank you. Well, thank you, you, Esther and Tosca. Um, it, it was it was really fun. Like the moment you posted the, um, the when you posted on Slack about did you read some book uh, that really uh, talked to you? Like oh, I have to talk about this. I, I love this book. It's it's super um, super innovative. Even if it's old, it's an old book. <laughs> But yeah, maybe it's so time elephant. to take it out. Yeah. Still yeah. relevant. No, we we noticed your enthusiasm, and that's uh, really nice to see as well. And uh, um, I noticed your enthusiasm about the book, and not only about the book, but also the way of working in the book. So I hope everybody's such uh, enthusiastic about this book as well. Yeah, I hope yeah, so. All right. So thank you for listening to the first Outsides in Book Club episode. Do you want to win the book? Send an email to outsidesin at kpn.com before the end of March and tell us what part of the story inspired you and why. And don't forget to join our Slack channel. Ciao!